You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The season is over. The Lions have come into Lambeau, and they've knocked the Packers down and out. Now, let the offseason speculation begin. At some point, the carousel comes to a stop, and it's time to get off. And I think you you kind of know when that is. Also, what's the organization doing? This is Packed Lunch on 94.5 ESPN. A look back at the season and look ahead. I want to make sure that... We cover everything with a fine-tooth comb and look at every facet of our program. Alongside the Unpacked Podcast, Alex, Nick, and Zach. Here's Gabe Neitzel. That's right. I am very excited for today's show as we are joined here on Packed Lunch today by the boys of the Unpacked Pod. Follow them on Twitter at the Unpacked Pod. Uh, along with Nick Bornheimer, Alex Patakis, and Zach Report. I am Gabe Neitzel. Uh, get so many things to get into with the Green Bay Packers, but these are my guys. Like, these are the ones, like, Alex and I used to do a Saturday morning show together back in the day. Like, Nick Bornheimer was a character that he played on uh, the Homer and Gabe show a, a couple <laughs> of times a few years ago. So this is going to be uh, a fun hour as we talk but it's going to be fun, but also like it's not going to be fun because while well, our favorite football team is is out of the playoffs, like this was this seemed like it was going to be a lot more fun when I asked you guys a week ago if you wanted to do this. Uh, and unfortunately, the Packers, as four and a half point favorites, could not close out the Detroit Lions at Lambeau Field. Um, but but I appreciate you boys jumping on today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, buddy. So no. it. it it, it all begins because this is always the first domino that has to fall. Do we want Aaron Rodgers back? This is the question that, that the Packers have to answer. Aaron Rodgers has to answer the question if he wants to be back. So where do you guys fall on the, do you want Aaron Rodgers back in 2023? Well, What's the alternative. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we just don't know. We don't know enough about Jordan love yet, but it's, I mean, we were, we, we've talked about it for a handful of weeks now. Like, do you want to start building towards something different? Right? Like, isn't there an excitement in the unknown and youth and setting up folks around the, the new kind of like fun, shifty quarterback. Um, I wish we would have got to see a little more of Jordan love this year. Um, but it's, it's the question. Do you, do you really believe this team can, you know, just keep pushing back dead cap space and try to win everything next year. And if you do, then maybe, but man, like, like you said, Gabe, so many other questions got to get answered first. Does Aaron Rodgers want to be back himself? Well, and then there's the, uh, the, the chaos theory of the extra option that I've seen out uh, on Twitter. And I say chaos theory because it involves, um, 
not picking up Jordan Love's option and just drafting another quarterback <laughs> in, in this draft. Oh my god! Yeah, th- that would that would be pretty catastrophic. I, let me. I'll answer the question as directly as possible. No, I don't want Aaron Rodgers back. And I think a lot of Whoa. that is because I am. Well, <laughs> what we got an air horn sounder? Well, no, like I just didn't expect. Up. Yeah, I, I just didn't expect you to be the. Yeah, I'm ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers guy. Well, all right. I I think that a large part of that is that I want to find out what we have in Matt LaFleur, and I feel like I'm never going to get to do that until we get to see him with his own quarterback. Like, if I had to boil it down to one thing, and I know Justice Mosqueda, who's on this show earlier in this week, who works with us at acmepackingcompany.com, tweeted it during the game. But, to like... When LaFleur was like, ask when he, I'm tired of the camera panning to LaFleur in big spots and he's asking questions. Like, he's like, Aaron, what do you want to do? Like, you make the decision. Like, I, I, that's what I want to know. So I could evaluate you as a head coach. And that's like, I, I feel like the only way we're going to do that is when he's coaching Jordan Love, who is the guy they drafted to run this offense that Aaron doesn't want to run. Like, and, you know, that's, I, I, I just, I'm ready. Like, it's, I gotta, time, man. I, I got to call you out a little bit on on waffling because we talked about this last week and you had you had gone back and forth and you were you were suddenly <laughs> you were in your warm and fuzzies again about Aaron Rodgers. I was. He has <laughs> he, he has a power over me. You have to understand this. Like I told you, like You've I got an I, emotional I, hold on you. I said like I used to transcribe like hours and hours of radio of Aaron Rodgers. His voice is one I've heard more than almost any human on the planet probably. So like he has a power over me, but. Um, ultimately, like Zach, that was before we saw, we saw him lay another egg in a, in a big spot like, <laughs> playing I, the results, baby. To defend Alex a little bit, I will say that I am very, I still am in the camp of a, uh, yes, I want Aaron Rodgers back just because I, I firmly believe that there's still some greatness in there that everybody wanted to leave Aaron Rodgers for dead after 2018, after 2019, and then he still had the MVP season. So there's still, to me, something in there if they can figure out a way to get the right weapons around him. However, the more I read places like CBSSports.com and The Ringer today, both having pieces about like the complexities of this contract and how much the Packers are going to be screwed the longer Aaron Rodgers plays because of like the way that his option structure and those bonuses work. Like it, it makes me wonder if while I'm still pro Aaron Rodgers and I want him back in 2023, it makes me wonder if they're just better off him retiring and then starting over and trying to blow this whole thing up. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I don't, that, I don't see a I'm world at. where he does it though. I don't exactly. know if you do. I don't no. know. Yeah. No, no. Well, because in, in, and I, the crazy part about the ringer piece is that it just takes the Brett Favre parallels to another. And, you know, I, I, I saw some tweets about Aaron Rodgers like in the fourth quarter of the last game at Lambeau field. And he's two for six for 12 yards or 20, whatever the yardage was and an interception and they're how they were like exactly the same as Brett. And I mean, the, the interception he threw had very similar vibes to Brett just lobbing one up against the giants in that 2007 NFC championship game of, Ah, hopefully we can do something here, you know, and he just throws it out there. So the parallels so much exist. And then to then take that further and maybe trade him to the Jets. But I, I just do not see Aaron Rodgers being willing to say, yes, I'm going to go out with my last play being an interception in a crucial game. I, I just yeah. don't see that. I agree with that. But also to kind of 
pivot the point of view a little bit if you want to play GM, which I don't love doing, but you know, you keep well, it. Why Rogers, not? I want to be GM. You... <laughs> Hell, I'll be <laughs> seems like a Seems like a sweet gig. You only have to talk to the media two times a year. Um, you you are in a position then when you you have to find a way to build a winning team around a quarterback who you're paying put the team on your back money who isn't able to put the team on their back and i only i only bring up i don't love bringing up the money cuz players got to earn what they got to earn but in terms of percentage of the cap it just is really really difficult yeah uh, i i mean zach i i think you have probably been more vocal in the lead up to this about his physical decline than any uh, than both me and nick but um i look when 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 peyton manning was no longer capable of of playing quarterback at a high level it he fell off a cliff like it happens yeah. really fast and they're obvious right now there are warning signs right there's like signs on this road as we're accelerating <laughs> towards this cliff at like 60 miles an hour it's like Dead end. Stop, please. Exclamation points everywhere. And like, what? So why are we? Why are we going to continue to going down this road? Like, this only goes one way. I don't know what's left to gain. And and from his perspective, like Nick said earlier, which is a good question. Like, why? I mean, I guess money would be one reason. But like, why would he want to come back? Like, is he really too proud to go out on that pit? I can like, think of I, sixty million reasons why. Well, he's built generational wealth, and I believe it's yeah. true. You got to take him at his word. Like that. I mean, it, it, it's a lot of money, but that, that counts for something. Yeah. But like, I mean, I think pride unique. does play a big part in it. It's the reason that all these star players have such a hard time walking away. It's not unique to him. No, it, it's why Brett couldn't walk away the six million times that he retired. Right. Like, I mean, how many times did Brett retire before he finally got the, you know, that, that last blow? I think that we all remember from him the last year with his Vikings when he had to play on a frozen TCF Bank Stadium after the stadium in Minnesota had the roof collapse and he had to play on a frozen college field <laughs> and suffer a concussion and bad injuries because the field yeah. conditions weren't really good. Um, but that was like, OK. Now it's time for Brett. I, I still think, and for me, I think of the one throw that he had to Romeo up the sideline where he just like dropped that thing in a bucket and Romeo wasn't even like paying attention. And by the time he looked up, the ball hit him in the right forearm as he's yeah. running up the right sideline. Like, and he's like, oh, I guess I should have been looking for that ball. Like those yeah. throws, like, and, and I remember talking about these Alex uh, and, and Nick like eight years ago. Like the ear hole throws that Aaron yeah. Rodgers makes, like that was the throw. Like it's still yeah. in there. Get this. The problem becomes, okay, Rodgers says we're two, one or two guys away. How the hell do they get one or two guys that are going to actually make a difference on this team in 2023? Like how does that return look? Yeah. Darren Waller, maybe. Is he available? <laughs> I've heard. Again. Packers at least have interest. Yeah. I think, hmm. I, I think you're going to see progression with christian watson um he just he's what we really really hoped he was going to be coming out of the draft i think it's been proven in the short sample size that like he's a game-changing wide receiver dobbs was i don't i think he can he can fill kind of like a two or a three role but they're lazards might not be back i don't know if like we just, he, just he doesn't gonna, think he's going to be back, Nick. Like he, I mean, he said no. On. I know, but you know, you you never know. Yeah. Uh, but they just keep they keep losing key members of the offense and replacing them with nothing, like Toure, and like there's there's not there. They just always seems to be this like 
management belief that it's going to work itself out. Let's not so, throw two Ray under the bus. Come on. Go oh, no, Ray, yeah, I, mean, sure. <laughs> I remember a time early in the season, he was the only one who knew how to do a scramble drill. So it's, it's yeah, that's point. true. I'm old that's enough to point. remember when it's the thing, like, Samari he, Torre was the best option at a scramble drill. That is a uh, wild sentence and one that I wish was not true. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, but I mean, it's funny that we have to ask this question and think about it like this. Like, what does it look like? You, Aaron Jones is, under contract and he's certified good. We know that. Um, well, but so, okay. Let me ask you this. Do you want Aaron Jones back? He's got a $20 million cap hit. So they, they we already know they're pushing money into the future and clearly are going to have to do more of the same. If Aaron Rodgers comes back, I don't think they blow it up, but do you want Aaron Jones back? And do you want to give and commit more money? Cause he's not going to play for the $20 million cap hit that he's scheduled to next year. So that means you have to give him a boatload more of guaranteed cash to a 29 year old running back who's rushed for 100 yards in back-to-back weeks once in his career. Yeah. I mean, I still want him back. I I, I see what you're doing there, throwing all those <laughs> yeah. fun numbers. That was a well-crafted us. question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit leading. Um, but, Me? I mean, if you no. look at his usage rate and the amount of snaps he saw throughout the season, we, just, we asked each other week in and week out, like, why aren't they – Focusing more on Aaron Jones in this offense. So I I I have to say, like the back-to-back hundred-yard games thing, that's a Lafleur thing in my mind, and I know that you you creatively worked that in, but <laughs> um, good. I feel like I, I mean Aaron Jones was putting up historic numbers in terms of yards per carry, and you could say like well sample size, the more carries you get, that average would go down, but like he's by far the most effective player on this offense in my mind. So uh, yeah, I want him back, but it's all conditional because it's like. Is it going to be the LaFleur offense that's going to continue to be based what should be around him? Like there, well, there's not so a lot then, of players like him in the league. Oh, I, um, I would agree. But would I do I want to commit significant resources when I'm already up against it to a guy that I know my coach isn't going to use the way that maybe he should be used? Well, like this, so because I would agree the back-to-back 100 yards things, like sometimes that's Aaron Jones having a bad game. Sometimes that's Aaron Jones not getting enough touches. But we have a large enough sample size of Aaron Jones and Matt LaFleur to know that Matt LaFleur is just not going to use Aaron Jones consistently. He's just not going to do it. He hasn't done it in four years. I don't know why that would change in year five. So this is why I'm still confused about what Matt LaFleur is. And I think Rodgers is clouding it. And I think that, honestly, I think Rodgers, it's not his fault, but he's preventing so many things from coming to fruition like and and that's why i'd want to move on it's not anything against him i think he'd be better off moving on like he he doesn't want to play in this system from from everything that we know um and also like he just seems angry all the time like free yourself dude like go (laughs) get out of here um but also like we need to know what you know there has to be a shift in the dynamic between lafleur and and rogers if they're both going to come back and commit to this. Otherwise, it's just it's otherwise next year is not going to look much different than this year. That's the that's what I'm concerned about. What does it look like? Probably the exact same as it's looked the last couple of years. Um, with a couple shifts in the offense and a defense that struggles and has a ton of talent, um, but still finds itself out of position all of the time, which is another flabbergasting yeah. aspect of this team. Um I don't know what it looks like, but it's probably eerily similar to the last couple of years. There's not, they don't have, they don't have enough star power to make a significant run. And Aaron Rodgers, just the way that father time works, he's going to continue to decline. I know. I don't think that this year can serve as the best litmus test because he's coming off of two MVP seasons, 
and he had a broken thumb for half of it. So I, your guess is as good as mine, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a complicated question. And I think it, again, it's the first domino to fall for the Packers. And we'll get into coming up next here on packed lunch about like how that looks are the Packers actually going to take some time and be self-reflective about some of the things that we just talked about? Well, we are joined today by the Unpack Pod. Follow them on Twitter at the Unpack Pod, part of Acme Packing Company and acmepackingcompany.com. That's where you can find their uh, podcast each and every week. We'll dive into more of that coming up next. It's Pack Lunch, 94.5 ESPN. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is Packed Lunch special show here on 94.5 ESPN all week long where we are breaking down the Packers season, taking a look forward as to what's next in 2023 for the Green and Gold after their disappointing loss this past Sunday to the Detroit Lions. I'm Gabe Neitzel, joined by the guys of the Unpack Pod. You can follow them on Twitter at the Unpack Pod. Those three gentlemen are Nick Bornheimer, Alex Patakis, and Zach Report as we continue to break down everything going on with the Packers. So part of the equation of Aaron Rodgers and whether you want him back and he said in his press conference, among other things that closed out the season, that he believes that the team is one or two guys away, that they they still need some help. And I, I don't know if the Packers can afford to bring two guys in, if that's two guys stepping up in their current roles. Because when you look around this offense, we just talked about Aaron Jones. I, my guess is Aaron Jones is back, but I'm not 100% confident in that. And the other thing that I know for sure is – they have the three rookies they drafted this year under contract. They have Bo Melton, who I don't know if he played a snap of offense this year after they picked him up off the Seahawks practice squad. And they have Josiah the Messiah DeGuara under contract for next year. That's it. That's it for their pass catchers. So it, it, it becomes kind of, okay, Rodgers thinks there's two, three guys away, but they still have all these other holes they need to fill and then get two or three guys on top of that. It becomes a tough you know, just a mathematical equation in your head trying to figure out what exactly this looks like for the Packers. And oh, by the way, the veterans that they had this year didn't really step up and exceed expectations. Yeah, safety blanket, Randall Cobb only played half the season um, and had flashes, but he's just like a declining Randall Cobb. Um, do we want to entertain DeAndre Hopkins? Do we want to take it that that path? Probably not. It'll never happen. Um, Can they afford it? No. It would just be so cool 
to make one of those like crazy <laughs> splash plays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that was like uh, perfect. Sorry. That was great. Can they afford it? Nope. It's like, yeah. Honestly, I ask myself that question like every day, and it's always the same answer. Can I afford Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be cool I, if they nope. did this? Uh, they're broke. Can't afford it. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? I mean, what Reggie White and Charles Woodson, like, they're the only two major, major signings in Packers modern I, history I could think of. Sure. That worked out. But like, I was with you guys when we signed Julius Peppers. Like that oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, that, that was I'd a Saturday remiss. morning. It happened on a Saturday morning. We were, I think, we were hosting together, Gabe. Remember? Yeah. And like, he just emerged at Lambo, like from underground. He like popped up, <laughs> sprouted out of the ground. I was like, here yeah. I am. That was yeah, insane. We were, yeah, definitely. We were definitely having some fun playing Nelly. You know, talking about going to the Super Bowl with Julius Peppers. Yeah, like, we, yeah. we got jacked up oh, yeah. when Julius Peppers got signed. Do, yeah. do you think it's possible? Is it possible if they're one or two guys away or two guys away, as Aaron Rodgers said, that they do something splashy and fun since their replacement plan for Devontae Adams this year really was do nothing? Um. Yeah, I, I think it, it, if once they have the conversations they have to have with Rodgers and if he commits to coming back, then I think the answer has to be yes. Um. And however you can work that out. I mean, I also like Zach says it all the time. Like the salary cap is fake. Like there are ways there's there's there. They can't afford things, but they can they can find ways to afford certain things. I well, think so. They were in in worse salary cap trouble going into last offseason yeah. than they are this year. And, and they'll be about five, six million dollars over, I think, when the dust settles and everything comes down. And yet they still offered Devonte confirmed more money to Devontae Adams than the Raiders were willing to pay him. So it's that, it, it's that it, Russ ball magic. He just waves his magic yeah. wand. <laughs> yeah. That, that's pretty much how it goes. I mean, there's a good um, chance that then, you know, by the time this is all said and done, the Packers have to forfeit like the 2026 season because they have so much salary cap, like dead money. They can't actually afford to put a team on the field, but I might trade you know, that for a Super Bowl next year. Just forfeit entire season. <laughs> just a whole fall to yourself on Sunday. <laughs> just like, <laughs> Wait a second. Now yeah. we're talking. An interesting proposition. So, uh, but but who do you guys think within the current roster? Like who can be that guy to like step up in 2023? Do we think because even though I as encouraged as I think everybody was by Christian Watson and the way he performed, especially in that four, you know, he's got eight touchdowns in four games, continues to grow um over the last half of the season. Is is it fair to say I think we saw a little bit of regression from Romeo Dobbs, you know, with you know, he's the sure-handed guy and and kind of disappeared, you know, during that winning streak. And it was all about Christian Watson, but Watson still has so much growth to do. Like, I, do I think that Christian Watson can run an intermediate dig route and get open? And I feel good about him staying healthy after he gets leveled by a safety. Like, I, I still think that you need more than just hoping that Watson, Dobbs, and Torre continue to grow and develop. I think um, on on Dobbs, um, you know, he had that injury, and I just don't think he was ever the same coming back from that. So I think that that played a big role. And and you know, at, at the beginning of your question, that that's the player that came to mind for me, um, who could take a step forward. You know, because then then next season you're starting with, you know, loosely a true number one, true number two, and the beauty supposedly of the Matt Lafleur offensive scheme the Shanahan that whole tree is that 
you don't need the one star player. You don't need the Devonte. You need the few different receivers of different skill sets and body types. And then you just need a quarterback who can deliver the ball on time. Brock Purdy is in the playoffs for crying out loud. Um, so yeah, but, I mean, Brock Purdy also has George Kittle and Debo Samuel yeah. and Brandon Ayuk and they Christian McCaffrey. Like, so I, I look, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting out. I, I understand what you're saying, Zach, when it comes to, oh, the beauty of this offense is it doesn't need stars. Yet all of the ones that are successful have star weaponry. Totally. Whether you're talking about the Rams last year with Cooper Cup, whether you're talking about the 49ers with all those weapons that we just listed off, like it, it helps to have those stars because, I mean, they, they're going to get open no matter what player calling. I to- I totally agree, and I was really just sort of bringing it. I wasn't saying that that I think that Matt Lafleur can make it work with what we have. Uh, you're very right to point out, you know, what's what's in San Francisco. If anything, you've identified something that in the next couple of years could be the undoing of Matt Lafleur in Green Bay. If they can't get more of those very specific players that he needs to make the scheme work, then it's just not going to work. Yeah. And like the Niners had this running back carousel for a while that could get the job done and would find a a way to gash the Packers every time they played. But then they go out and get the best running back in the NFL because they saw a need there. And yeah, like that, it's just, that's an element of a team taking a chance, mortgaging the future a bit. I just don't see the Packers doing that after already mortgaging the future to go all in and draft a quarterback number three, you know, moving up in the draft and using that draft capital to get a guy who's played one game for you started one, two games for you and Trey Lance. Right. Yeah. I mean the, the one equation, uh, you know, that's missing Nick from your point is what you're paying the quarterback. What, what is, what is the total salary, um, of all of the quarterbacks combined in San Francisco? Is it Aaron Rodgers' salary? (laughs) No, can't be. No well, way. Yeah, after, after they, well, but here, so, okay, so here's the thing. And, and we've got a, a, one on the text line here, 800-990-3776 from Greg in the 262. Here's an idea, Gabe. How about the arrogant a-hole, that's Aaron Rodgers, uh, has some pride and cuts a salary in half and they can get some good players. So this is where Aaron Rodgers and the PR department like miss each other because for years and years we heard about, oh, Tom Brady's taking pay cuts. Tom Brady's taking pay cuts. But like his total salary was always pretty high. Aaron Rodgers against the cap next season is only $31 million in 2023, which is lower than um, all pretty much all the big quarterbacks, right? It's lower than Josh Allen. It's going to be lower than Patrick Mahomes. It's a lower cap hit than pretty much every other star quarterback in the league. The Packers, again, are going to have to borrow against future caps to keep that number low. But everybody loves to throw out the $50 million a year number. Adam Schefter did it on Jen Gabe and Chewy on Wednesday, where he's like, oh, the top four highest paid quarterbacks, average annual salary, all missed the playoffs. But those numbers are great when you're talking about agents and you're talking about how much money Aaron Rodgers gets. As a fan, the only thing to me you should ever care about is what's the cap hit because that's the only thing that prevents you from actually going out and getting yeah. other players. And Aaron Rodgers' $31 million cap hit next year seems very reasonable. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Can I, can I take this opportunity really quickly to just pop the Tom Brady takes pay cuts balloon because... I mean, he's, he's, he's not married to Giselle anymore, but at the time he was, and she's worth literally half a billion dollars. So don't talk to me about pay cuts and Tom Brady. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was doing fine. So I guess what, what keeps coming up for me is that we're having this discussion. We're literally scrambling to try to come up with a name of someone who can like 
I don't know, take a, a leap uh, in, in year two or doesn't have to be year two on this offense. So like when Rogers is sitting here thinking like, why, like what, what, why do you want so to, why would Rogers, if, if we're struggling to do this, he has to be doing the same thing. Why would he come back? So honestly, I would take it as a great sign if he, if, if early in the off season, he comes out and he's like, I'm coming back. Yeah. He posts on Instagram or however he wants to announce it. He goes on the McAfee show and he's like, we're doing this like one more run, but you know, um, because I, I think the only way he would come back is with some guarantees from Gutekunst and the brass of this organization that he's coming back to something that's worthwhile. Like otherwise his last pass aside and like, kind of like failing on such a big stage aside to the lions, which makes it even more embarrassing. Like, dude, it's, it's not worth like another year. It's, it's a grind to go through this. And if you're going through it, and the only consolation you get is like, oh, we'll keep Randall around. So he's in the room with you. Like, dude, come on. Like, you know what I mean? Like football doesn't have to mean that much. And the whole thing about Aaron Rodgers is that he was supposed to be different, right? Like he's led us into his life and he has a whole life outside of football. And like, you know, so if you're not going to come back to something competitive, then, then why, why come back at all? So like if he announces it, I'm going to be excited because I'm going to be waiting for another shoe to drop. And, and and hopefully that's like a a legitimate, somewhat proven player on offense. So I think that comes down to one thing, and we're going to discuss that coming up next year on Packed Lunch. How much do you think Aaron Rodgers trusts Brian Gutekunst? How much do you trust Brian Gutekunst to navigate his way through this? Because there have been some great things from Brian Gutekunst, certainly, but there have been a lot of missteps, I think, along the way in his era as well. How much do you trust Brian Gutekunst is what we discuss next with our friends from the Unpack Pod. Follow them at the Unpack Pod on Twitter. Check out the great work they do on a weekly basis for Acme Packing Company. That's next, part of Packed Lunch here on 94.5 ESPN. It is packed to lunch here on 94.5 ESPN, something we've been doing all week long. Tomorrow, uh, we will have Andy Herman from the owner of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Uh, big thanks to Alex Eichstead, to John Anderson, and Justice Mosqueda, who have all joined us through uh, the course of this week. Today, we are joined by the guys from the Unpack Pod. You can check them out on Twitter at the Unpack Pod. They are Nick Bornheimer. Alex Patakis and Zach report as we break down everything going on with the Green Bay Packers. And we're in the middle of this conversation of, okay, Packers need to either, if, if, if Aaron Rodgers is there, they have to get those one or two guys that he was talking about and go get them. Or if Aaron Rodgers doesn't return, then you're kind of blowing it up and you probably won't see some of these guys. My guess is a guy like David Bakhtiari potentially return for the Packers next year at the salary cap number that he has. But the question becomes, no matter what direction they go, do you trust Brian Gutekunst? Do you trust him to be able to go out there and get those weapons for Aaron Rodgers? Or do you trust him to be able to build some sort of offense around Jordan Love? What's your trust level for Brian Gutekunst, guys? I trust him. I think I do. I, I, I think this last draft was an indication of a guy who's been with the organization for a long time, but like coming into his own and figuring out the holes that need to be filled. I mean, the first, the, the first round picks, I think we're not, I don't even think we need to get to a Quay Walker conversation about the mental mistakes, but he's a certified 
good player who flies around the field and fills an important role that they needed filled. Um, I think Wyatt, when he saw snaps toward the end of the season, looks like he's going to be a good defensive contributor for this team. And then the wide receivers, like we talked about them. They, for, you can't expect much more out of rookies, although this class did have some really good wide receivers in it across the league. I, I don't have enough of a reason not to trust them or to, to I guess that's, that's where I stand on it. That's how I feel too. Um, it's the agreement hour here on ESPN. No, I, <laughs> it's just, it's such a, they're in such a tough predicament. And we were talking off air about Russ ball and everything. And like, so like the two of them together, I, I trust Brian Gutekunst to make decisions to get good players into green Bay. Now I sound like Ted Thompson. Um, I was looking for a good football player. I, I trust him to make those right decisions, but they're in such a tough spot. And sometimes you make the right decisions and it still doesn't work. You know, there's a lot that still has to go right. Yeah. What other I, GM is going to come into this situation and it's going to magically be better? I don't know. I think that before this draft, there were probably some serious question yeah, marks. That's for sure. Um, I think this, the emergence of these young players is um, something that ultimately buys him, uh, you know, a lot of time when it comes to us discussing whether or not he's the right guy for the job. I, I mean, you could also argue that so many of them having to play such big roles is a little bit of an indictment on him. I mean, like, I'm, you know, I'm not naive to the fact that Christian Watson shouldn't have to be a number one receiver in his very first year in the league, but he certainly blossomed into that. So whew, got away with one there. Um, I mean, he filled some of the largest gaps that this team has had in a while. Um, because even if Devontae were still here, like we were always waiting for that over the top threat who was just going to blow the roof off of a defense. And that's what Watson got. And then Walker is finally a athletically capable, like to compete at the highest level against like, and move sideline to sideline. Like Quay Walker is that linebacker that we have not had, um, and I think I've I'm already like I've already seen enough from him like to say that you know he's a level above, above any inside linebacker they've had in a long long time. So I think it buys him a lot of time. Um, I think I trust him. I think I trust him to draft pretty well. But my main gripe with him, and it's something that we talked about weeks ago, is that I think he waffled a little bit on the quarterback position like I, oh, I, his he didn't waffle a little bit he waffled 100 percent. he had a plan in place he drafted jordan love and he bailed on that plan yeah and, and, and look he had to bail on that plan because the quarterback he wanted to replace went back-to-back mvps but he didn't stick with his plan so that that to me is the biggest difference everyone's always drawing parallels to the late Favre years and the late rogers years is that ted you know not only had the gumption to draft rogers but to just pull the plug at a time where the Packers were in an NFC championship game the year before, you know, and, and Rogers won back to back MVPs. So I'm not saying that Gutekunst made the wrong decision, but the fact of the matter is he missed that window. So whatever happens now is entirely his own doing and the way the roster is constructed and whether they're prisoner to Rogers and the way he wants to run the offense and how that impacts the relationship with the coach, like all of that, is down to your indecision and your lack of ability to commit to Jordan Love. Um, so, yeah. But I guess that's, I, I, this draft class is great. And it very well could end up being the best draft class that Brian Gutekunst has. Like, and 
we didn't even mention the name Zach Tom, who wasn't yeah. the first offensive lineman that they took. But the fact that Zach Tom could step up and play left tackle, play right tackle, play guard when they needed him, when they had the different injuries they had across the offensive line, that's great. I mean, that's something the Packers have done for years is finding those. I mean, that's where Bakhti- Bakhtiari wasn't the Swiss Army knife, but he was a fourth round pick who was able to then, you know, anchor the left side of your line. Yeah, you know, until Jenkins was a second round pick. But, you know, I think a guy's like J.C. Treader who obviously went on and get, got his contract and got his money from the buff from uh, from the Cleveland Browns. But at the same time, like, again, they they were in some of these predicaments because of what Brian Gutekunst did. He drafted three wide receivers four years ago, and not one of them stuck around. And look, would you pay MVS 33 million bucks? I guess I can, that one can be reasonable to me. But also, the top receiver that you drafted in that class was out of the league in two years. Jay Sternberger was out of the league, I think, in four. Like yeah. there are, there are, there are some high end, like third, fourth, second round picks that just have, I mean, Amari Rogers gone before two years, he was a third round pick. Like you put yourself in some of these predicaments where you had to replace some of these guys. And I am going to have a very hard time ever forgiving Goody for not locking up Devonte Adams. And I understand that last year was Devonte's choice. And then they decided to acquiesce and trade him, but they needed to lock him up to a contract the year before. After he had the 2020 that he had, lock him up. Don't let him even start fantasizing about going elsewhere and potentially playing with his college quarterback and Derek Carr and going to the Raiders. Like If you lock him up, I, I firmly believe if the Packers come to Devontae Adams in 2020, they lock him up to that contract. And this year looks a little bit different for the Green Bay Packers because you still have Rodgers, still have Devontae Adams. So, you know, you, you were supposed to go out there and get somebody to replace Devontae Adams. You did nothing. And I don't care that you tried for Darren Waller a couple of times. At the end of the day, this is a did you or didn't you business. And you didn't go out and get him. So I have a lot of reservations about Brian Gutekunst being the guy, no matter what Aaron Rodgers decides, because I still have a lot of questions. Now, this year's draft class, again, great first step. But at the same time, man, like I do I trust that Brian Gutekunst is, is going to actually go all in and go out there and get a, diff- a difference-making player on the offense? I have I have a lot of reservations about that. With the uh, Devonte stuff, you, you reminded me of a, a thread I wanted to pull here. Um, I, if you read the tea leaves, it it sounds like Devonte Adams did not and does not like Brian Gutekunst, and I don't think that he's the only player who feels that way. And we know, I, I believe, we know for a fact that Rogers didn't like him at first, and they've had to work on their relationship. But that's another aspect of this is when you're a GM, you have to know how to massage the relationships of your top players. And and he's, he's, he's done, it seems like better with Rogers, but maybe a little bit too late. Now we're stuck in this position, but he totally failed uh, with Devonte Adams. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm thinking about him. Gutenkunst from like purely like a draft state of mind. And like, I mean, we didn't mention like a guy like Rashawn Gary, who is probably their best pass rusher throughout the year. Yep. And then, mm-hmm. and then when you need someone to fill that bo- that void, when he goes down, like Enik Bari, who they drafted this year, filled a, a really good role. And then, um, you know, they go out and get some free agent help that like would have made a bigger impact this year if the team was that was around, you know, actually had a legitimate chance and played in position. I think some of the off-season stuff is leaves a bit to be desired, but it's there's always like the Rogers thing hanging over. Like he, I, you don't really get to see who Gutenkunst is because Rogers is 
the one who kind of like is directing this organization right now, it feels like, like not directly, but that's what's looming. So it's tough to do a full evaluation because, I mean, we weren't expecting two more MVP seasons out of him. Yeah, I he think that's was. a good point. And I think that's if if the thing we are confident in, which it sounds like Gabe isn't still, um, is that he's good at drafting players who end up being like squad players slash starters on this team. Um, that's probably the one area that Rodgers doesn't have influence, I would imagine. Um, because I think everyone said publicly, like they, they have discussions, right, about free agent acquisitions and things of that nature. So yeah, to a degree, um, if you want to take just the draft as, as you know, a way to, as a criteria to measure him, then I think he has done pretty good. I, I think it's funny though, that you brought up the three wide receivers in a draft that none are around anymore because now, Gabe, you really have me questioning, like, that was do, do yeah. we credit him like for finding, you know, one probable starter in Watson and one in Dobbs we're still waffling on in like an insanely deep wide receiver class? Like would any GM come no. out of that no. draft w- with no. all that capital? I love those guys, but it's it's three years too late. What yeah. are we doing? <laughs> we yeah, should have yeah. done that three years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Uh, you're Maybe it's just a wide right. receiver evaluation that doesn't seem to make sense. It, because like the talent side of the defense looks good like they look like great players that are playing out of position and out of scheme cough joe barry cough you know i mean he he, he swung and missed on darnell savage and now they're stuck with eight million dollars for darnell because they picked up the fifth year option you know but but again you're not gonna be perfect on every draft pick so the fact that you guys you know rashawn gary and jair and, and all these other guys that they've drafted defensively make up for okay, maybe one bad pick, and we still, I think, is an incomplete on, on Eric Stokes, especially after he got injured this year. But a lot of those defensive draft picks certainly have have panned out. I think his offensive line draft picks have started to pan out. We, we brought up Zach Tom and the way Josh Myers has played at center, and, and you know John Runyon Jr., I think, was we took a, step, a little bit of a step forward this year on the offensive line. It's just those pass catchers, man. Between tight end and wide receiver, it took him until this year to find anyone that somebody got excited about. You know, they, uh, the best one before this year was MVS. I just don't know how. <laughs> like, how, <laughs> how did it take that long? How, how with like this, you know, with Rogers star waning, did, did we arrive here? It's, where we're like, what weapons do they have next year? Hmm, the none. Chiefs probably even overpaid for MVS because even Mahomes. Probably. probably. I mean, yeah. Mahomes can't even make <laughs> yeah, them look they that definitely great. definitely did. And somebody <laughs> will overpay for Lazard. Who's yes. blocking? I will miss, and charisma I will greatly miss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's oh, he never took like that step we all were waiting for him to take that we thought yeah, he could. It's kind of he, he was who he was, right? Like he he got the numbers went up because he got more opportunity as the team's num- de facto number one. But he he, he did exactly what should have been expected of yeah. him this year. Yeah, he yeah. did not. I want to be clear. I, I don't mean he like underachieved. No, he did. To me, he was somebody who just, he didn't perform above his level, but he, he did what he was supposed to do. And they just didn't have more to grow around him. We're going to continue this conversation and dive into 2023 for the Green Bay Packers. As we talk everything green and gold with the Unpacked Pod, follow him on Twitter at the Unpacked Pod, part of Acme Packing Company. This is Pack Munch on 94.5 ESPN. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Lunch 94.5 ESPN special uh, additional programming that we put here on, on ESPN Milwaukee at noon all of this week. So we'll wrap up tomorrow when we're joined by Andy Herman. But today we are talking with the guys from the Unpacked Pod, part of Acme Packing Company. Follow them on Twitter at the Unpacked Pod. Nick Bornheimer, Alex Patakis, and Zach Report. I am Gabe Neitzel. So the one thing uh, as we wrap things up here and put a bow and try to look forward for the 2023 Packers, the one word that kept coming up with Matt LaFleur in his postseason press conference was continuity 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 he wants things to look as much as they can you know same guys back same coaches back that's the way he kind of preached it despite calling this past season a failure is continuity next year for the green bay packers a positive or a negative who wants it i'll say negative i was gonna say negative i just saw the smile come across your face and i'm like i mean that's i I feel. The I mean, same we've way. stayed we've stayed away from from Joe Barry talk this hour, but that's that's one glaring issue to me. I don't know continuity. If you think that, uh, if you think that continuity and some players leveling up and the concepts kind of gelling together means like a couple more wins, great. It's a ten win regular season ceiling and maybe a wild card team, and that's fine. It's not great. I don't know. What do you want me to say? Well, no, but but ten win ceiling at that point, then just blow it up. Like I, I, if, if my, if the 2023 green Bay Packers have a ceiling of 10 wins with Aaron Rodgers, to me, then I've kind of fall in like what Alex was saying earlier in the show of that. Okay. Let's just blow this thing up because yep. I, I don't want to go through this again with Rodgers next off season. If like we're only incrementally growing, like to me, they have to have a legitimate big swing and big opportunity next year. Do yep. you guys think they're talented enough on defense to not have to worry so much about guys learning a new scheme? Because I feel like LaFleur just wants to keep continuity because he's like, if we're having Rodgers for another year, then it's like another first year in a scheme on defense. Like they, they have so much talent. Like there could be like a new coordinator bounce I think that they get from bringing in a fresh face, I think. Yeah, better off if they're out of this scheme, then they, they can just play and be in the appropriate position. That's when... That's what Quay Walker said after that Vikings game. Like, take one person's opinion as you will, but he was like, we were just, we were emboldened to play. I'm paraphrasing, but that's, yeah. Yeah, that was the... <laughs> Don't play. Yeah. Watch players. Just, yeah, well, players playing. But th- th- that's, it depends on what you, what, what continuity looks like. If it's continuity within the players that we have remaining on the team, like I think locking up some of these Guys makes a lot of sense. Yeah. If it's continuity with 
the staff that I don't think that makes sense. I don't think Joe Barry deserves a spot next year on this coaching staff. That's the big, that's the biggest glaring yeah, thing. No, yeah. I, I, I 100% agree with Joe Barry. And because eventually they got on the same page, but in year two of your scheme, like they were him and Jair and the secondary and the secondary's coach, none of those guys were on the same page. No. And that was, that wasn't even behind the scenes. That was very much out in front and public, you know? Yeah. It, so then who the hell knows what was going on behind the scenes and how many other guys were not on the same page as Joe Barry. Well, another major area, not to put all the heat on Joe Barry, um, that there cannot be continuity is in the red zone because they have to look at themselves and think this was a massive failure for us that probably did us in and ended our season prematurely. Nathaniel the- Hackett. Is that is that because that's continuity? Zach that's always also, jokes about that, but like I'm down. Let's I'm do down it. I love gold. <laughs> I don't know. It's their red zone. Uh, they're like points per red zone trip percentage was also bad last year. It was worse this year. I think it was like I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it was like 53 percent last year and like 50 percent this year. So it was really bad. Bottom of the league, bad, and it and getting worse. So. I don't know that. So, so Nathaniel Hackett's not the uh, the magic cure all for you uh, now that he's out there and he's available. I mean, if he he might be like it might be for vibes, bring him back for vibes. Hey, I'm hey, like maybe even just for vibes. I'm cool with that. I want some positive vibes around this Green Bay Packer team, boys. Certainly appreciate you jumping on Pack's lunch today. And again, if anybody wants to check out the Unpack Pod, follow them on Twitter at the Unpack Pod, part of Acme Packing Company. Thanks, boys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Gabe. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.